And it's time once again here at 745 for a wine chat with our friend uh, Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Good morning, Jack. Hi there, Denny. How are you today? I'm doing quite well. Hope you are the same. It's uh, a little cooler than it was the last time we spoke. A little nip in the air. It's almost Uh, like fall is coming. A little bit. We'll be back to summer in a few days. Oh, because we have have to deal with the state fair yet, (laughs) so you know. And it's always hot at the state fair. Absolutely. I can never remember going to the state fair when it wasn't real hot. (laughs) You're right. And the crowds. The hotter, the bigger the crowds. Thousands of them. Thousands. (laughs) What are we going to talk about today? I thought we'd talk about, we had a family dinner last night, and we were discussing Sauvignon Blanc. And it's such an interesting grape type that I thought maybe today, and and it's a great summer wine, Sauvignon Blanc. You know, the the problem with Sauvignon Blanc is, is the problem with a lot of varietals. You know, Cabernet Sauvignon grown in Italy is totally different than Cabernet Sauvignon grown in California. Uh, it's the same grape type. There's some similarities, but the end product is so different. And the reason is soil, everything else. You know, uh, Pinot Noir grown in the Central Valley versus the Russian River Valley are totally different. Uh, and, and what exemplifies this more, better than anything is uh, Burgundy. I mean, you can walk across a road, a little lane that's three feet wide, and the vines on one side are totally and completely different than the vines on the other side. And it's the same grape type, but produces different type of wine. And part of the reason, as I said, is the soil, uh, the vintner's techniques. There's a lot of reasons. But Sauvignon Blanc is really an interesting grape. It's been exported all over the world from its home in France. And in France, uh, Sauvignon Blanc excels. Uh, it's a good part of most white Bordeaux, along with Semillon, another uh, white grape type. Uh, so all white Bordeaux are at least a little bit of Sauvignon Blanc. Very few are made of 100% Semillon. Uh, and then, of course, the most famous place in the world for Sauvignon Blanc, its birthplace, in my opinion, is Sancerre. Now, Sancerre is in the middle of the Loire Valley. In fact, it's in the middle of France. And it gets its uh, minerality from the same chalk down below that goes all the way from the White Cliffs of Dover to Champagne. That's an enormous stretch of land. But the chalk is underneath from the White Cliffs of Dover all the way to Champagne. And those vines go very deep and extract from that chalk and get their distinctive flavor. Sancerre was a new area in 36, and right after World War II, it became the most popular white wine in a French bar. All the French bars were serving Sancerre. It's a little expensive. They don't do that today anymore. But at that time, uh, and Sancerre became very popular all over the world. But uh, we were talking yesterday, what sparked our conversation was a, a Sauvignon Blanc from California, and they really make some really good ones out there. Frog's Leap is a favorite of mine. But there's many wonderful, Han makes a good Sauvignon Blanc. Many, many wonderful Sauvignon Blancs produced in California. And they're totally different in style from, say, a, a New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. New Zealand is really the country that popularized Sauvignon Blanc because it's the principal grape type grown in New Zealand. There's about, uh, I think, 12,000 acres in New Zealand, of Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, And it's totally different 
than any Sauvignon Blanc anywhere else. The closest to New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc, in my opinion, are Sauvignon Blancs from South Africa because they all have kind of a green pepper nose, or, or as a lot of people will say, it's kind of got a grassy nose. And the wines from New Zealand have that uh, more grassy and less minerality than, say, a Sancerre or the others. And, of course, New Zealand pioneered uh, screw tops, uh, and almost the, every vineyard in New Zealand, there are very few that you use cork closures anymore. They all use screw tops in New Zealand. And so New Zealand produces some remarkable, remarkable Sauvignon Blanc. One of the best, and most people would probably agree, is Cloudy Bay. That uh, stands a head and shoulders above everything else and was for years, far and away, the best Sauvignon Blanc from New Zealand was Cloudy Bay. However, you know, as the wine business never ceases to amaze everybody. There's people up and coming who are actually rivaling Cloudy Bay in the quality of uh, Sauvignon Blancs that they're producing. And, you know, if you ever get the opportunity, go to New Zealand. It's a fabulous country. It's just so beautiful. Uh, it's amazing, and there's so much to do, and the wines are wonderful. And, and they're newcomers, the wine. I, I said that Sancerre in France got its uh, okay to use Sancerre on the label in 1936. In 1936, New Zealand had no vineyards, and the vineyards they did have strictly produced sherry and port, nothing else, no table wine. Table wine wasn't introduced in New Zealand until the late 60s, and of course it's become enormously popular. And as I said, the Sauvignon Blancs from New Zealand are very, very distinctive wines uh, when we're talking about Sauvignon Blanc. So they're, they're not a bit like their counterparts of Sauvignon Blanc from the rest of the world. And our conversation last night, as I said, started with talking about American Sauvignon Blanc. I have a good friend in California. His name is Rick Foreman. Rick has been producing wines, oh, since the early 70s. He started out at Sterling Vineyards and uh, when it was owned by the, uh, oh, I've gone out of my head, the family from San Francisco that started it. But at any rate, uh, he was there in two or three other places. And finally, after hopping around about 10 years, he decided to do his own thing. And Foreman Cabernet and Foreman Chardonnay are two of the best Cabernets and Chardonnays from California. Hands down. And at Chardonnay, he really excelled. However, he had a son, and uh, his son, his name is Tobias, and so he makes a wine naturally called Tobias. And his Sauvignon Blanc was one of the most complex and remarkable Sauvignon Blancs I've tasted out of California. Uh, I would liken it, it was closer to a, a very good white Bordeaux than it was to any Sauvignon Blanc I've ever tasted from any place. It was a, just a delicious wine. And of course, not too terribly expensive. Uh, to buy a Sauvignon Blanc is about 16 $18 a bottle, something like that. And it's very, very good. And we enjoyed it very much. But as I said, it, it brought forth the question, what about Sauvignon Blanc? And so when you're talking about Sauvignon Blanc from Chile or, or the Alta Ridge area of Italy, <laughs> they're, they're about as similar as uh, cornflakes are to oatmeal. They're totally, totally different wines. There's some... Uh, similarities, but 
Uh, Sauvignon Blanc is interesting because it reflects the area, the terroir, the soil, uh, so well from the area it's produced in. And that's why Sancerre, in my opinion, is really uh, the college-educated Sancerre, or college-educated Sauvignon Blanc. It is the best example of Sauvignon Blanc. And it's because of that chalk minerality I mentioned a little while ago, where you have that chalk ridge line running underground all the way from the uh, England, the cliffs of Dover, to Champagne, which is north and east of Paris. And the results are in the middle of this whole thing, in the middle of the Loire Valley, which is considered the garden spot of France. And that's another nice place to visit the castles up and down the Loire. You know, they escaped the heat of Paris, all the nobles, and they built these castles in France's garden. In fact, many people in Sancerre and in the Loire Valley refer to their vineyards as gardens instead of vineyards. And that's because of the long history. And the vines were originally planted there probably by the Romans in the first century because in Sancerre there's two footings uh, on the Loire River. It runs right through the town of Sancerre that were erected by the Romans in about 80 A.D. So we know that people have been there. and The Romans were there. They planted vines wherever they went. So they were planting vineyards in Sancerre. And, of course, you might think you know nothing about Sancerre. Well, if you ever heard any stories about Joan of Arc, She's the maid of Orleans. Orleans is the principal city in the Loire, and Sancerre is not very far from it. Sancerre is about 300 miles in from the ocean, the Atlantic Ocean, and it's closer to Chablis than it is uh, to, say, uh, Orleans. It's only about 30 miles, uh, or I'm sorry, about 60 miles uh, to Chablis from Sancerre, but you get a wonderful minerality in Sancerre, and that's where uh, Sauvignon Blanc shows its greatest complexity, in my opinion, in the town of Sancerre. Incidentally, they make a a Sancerre rosé. It's kind of rare. We'll have some at Haskell's probably next week sometime. It's in the U.S., and we're just waiting uh, for a distributor to clear it for us. Uh, but Sancerre Rosé is a wonderful wine to try. Uh, it's so complex. It's made many different ways. Usually it's made from Pinot Noir. However, once in a while there's a producer who will make a, a Sancerre using Cabernet Franc. And uh, either way, it's a delicious rosé. It's remarkable. Uh, as I said, Sancerre is the college-educated Sauvignon Blanc, in my opinion. It really outclasses of Sauvignon Blanc, no matter where else in the world it's going from. No offense to my dear friend Rick Foreman and his son Tobias, who made this remarkable wine that caused this whole conversation to begin with, and it's a wonderful wine. But if you really want to see Sauvignon Blanc at its very, very finest, get yourself a bottle of Sancerre. It's absolutely worth the extra expense. Sancerre's are usually around 20 some dollars a bottle, and uh, but the wine will will just dazzle you because it's so different. And 
and you know, frankly, you might not like it because uh, that's what wine tasting is all about. Some people are going to love some wine. You're going to say, "How can they drink that? I don't like it at all." But that's you know, I remember from my Latin in school, "De gustibus non desputanum est." In matters of taste, there is no dispute, and that's why, Denny, you put ketchup on your hot dog and <laughs> I put mustard on mine. <laughs> and what's the other Latin I remember as an altar boy? In vino veritas. <laughs> yes, in vino veritas. That's right. <laughs> well, I tell you what, that this sounds really great, and and if folks can go to any one of the Haskell locations and ask about what you talked about today. That's right. Haskell's not only has Sauvignon Blancs, we've got Cabernet, Pinot Noir, Gundler Veldner, you name it, we've got it. Haskell's are the wine people, and nobody has the selection of wines like Haskell's does. And you know what? No one else has the knowledge they do. So all you go in and tell them what you're going to prepare, they'll pick a wine that's going to make that meal absolutely stunning. And best of all, they're going to help you pick a wine that won't break the bank. There's a Haskell's near you where you can save big dollars on Saturday, Sunday, or any day for that matter. Haskell's in Bloomington, Haskell's in Chanhassen. There's a Haskell's in Excelsior right at the Excelsior Dock on Lake Minnetonka. And 35 in Faribault right off of 35. Uh, our Maple Grove Supercellar is not to be missed. There's free parking in downtown Minneapolis on our 9th Street store. Haskell's at Ridgedale, Plymouth, St. Paul's Highland Village, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury, too. And if you can't come into Haskell's, go to Haskell's.com or go to WCCO.com slash wine. It'll take you right to the Haskell's website where you can peruse our summer wine catalog. Sounds great, and we'll wait for the arrival of that wine you were talking about. Uh, well, the Sancerre Rosé will be in, I think, on probably Wednesday of this next Well, tell week. us next week. And, then. and I'll, I'll remind everybody next week that it's in, and it's delicious. Good deal. <laughs> Thank you, Jack. We'll talk to you in one week. Look forward to it. Bye-bye. Jack Farrell from Haskell's this Saturday morning. Uh, 79 the high today. We could see some showers, a few showers later on. Uh, this afternoon, 60, the overnight low, 73, a little cooler tomorrow, partly sunny early, and then uh, maybe some showers tomorrow afternoon. Just a reminder, we're getting more uh, more questions and texts, calls about our uh, Sonoma Wine Tour, which is going to take place next May, May 2 through 6. Uh, they haven't got the brochure ready yet, but folks are calling holiday vacations at 800-826-2266. We'll let you know exactly when that brochure will be ready. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it.